presence of the Lord. Last week we started talking about uh, the keys of the kingdom. And we said that there's two things that, that Jesus spoke to them about when he told them that I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And he let them know, first of all, who he was. If you don't know who he is, then you'll never be able to operate in the kingdom. And then the second thing is, is you've got to know who you are. If you don't know who you are in Christ, then it doesn't matter who God is uh, in, re in respect to you operating in kingdom authority. And so when we know who he is, first and foremost, and we understand who we are in Christ, then we can operate in the kingdom as God has ordained for us to because we have the keys of the kingdom. Amen. And so today I want to go and in, uh, into Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, and then we'll go back to Luke 9 and look at verse 1 and 2 and then through 6 through 10. He says there, Behold, I give to you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then Luke chapter 9 and verse 1 and 2, it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. How many? All demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 10, and so they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And now Herod uh, heard of all of that was done by him and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had raised from the dead and by some that Elijah had appeared and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. And Herod said, John, I have beheaded, but who is this whom I hear such things? And so he sought uh, to see him. And the apostles, uh, when they had heard, told him all that uh, had, they had done. And when he took them and set, went aside privately into the desert place, belonging to the city called Bethsidia. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word today. What I want to talk to you about today uh, is the power that we possess and the authority that we have. To understand authority, we must understand the law that governs authority as it pertains to here in the earth. In Genesis 1 and 26, God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Before we go on and read this, the key word here is man and dominion. Who has given dominion? Man was given dominion, right? What was he given dominion over? over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, right? And so in order to exercise authority in the earth and have dominion in the earth, you have to be a man or a woman. You have to be a human. 
You have to be a mankind. So that's why God gave us, came to us, Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us, right? A lot of people want to say that, that God is in control of the earth and others say that the devil's in control of the earth, but the scripture declares to us that you are in control of the earth. Amen. That's the reason it's in the mess it's in. If God was in control of the earth, we wouldn't have rape. If God was in control of the earth, we wouldn't have all of this murdering and all of this mess. But man has been given delegated authority in the earth. Huh? And now we've got all of this chaos that is going on. Amen. First Peter chapter 4 and 1, he said, Christ suffered for us in the flesh. 1 John 4 and 2 says this, he tells us there, that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And so Jesus came in the form of a man so that he would have legal authority in the earth. That's the reason why he didn't come riding on a white horse. That's the reason why he didn't come uh, how the uh, Jews were looking for him to come. But he came wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger and he, he walked into Mary's womb and he came out, Emmanuel, God with us. And so he came in the human form so he could operate in the earth in a kingdom authority. And so Jesus knew who he was. He, and he knew where he was going and he knew where he came from. It's not something that's majestic or something that's magical, but it is reality that Jesus was here. He was not the forum, uh, he was not the reformer, he was the creator. He wasn't just uh, a visionary, he was the light. <laughs> He wasn't, uh, he never reasoned, he always knew. And Jesus was not a philosopher searching for some kind of truth in the earth. He was truth, right? Jesus knew why he came, from where he came, and he came to do the will of the Father. In 1 John 3 and 8, he said, For this purpose has the Son of God came, been manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so everything Jesus did here on earth for us, he did not, he, and he did not, didn't need to conquer the devil. He didn't need to give us parables, but he did it all for an example for us, right? First Peter in chapter 2, uh, along verse 21, he left us an example that we would follow in his footsteps, and so in order for Jesus to show us a spirit-filled man and how we can exercise authority, he came into the earth, he lowered himself to the lowest common denominator, and he took on the form of flesh, he put away everything of godly, and he became the man so that he could walk in the earth and teach you and I what we could do being a spirit-filled son or daughter of God. Amen. And so the miracles he performed were performed as a spirit-filled man walking in divine authority. 
They were not done as the Son of God. They were done as a man, a natural man, filled with a Spirit-filled life. Amen. Whenever we read the Bible, sometimes, most of the time, we look at Jesus and we say, yes, he was, but he's the Son of God. Well, who are you? You're the son. You're the daughter. If you be in Christ, right? So now we are the sons. We're the daughters of God. Yes, I know he's the Christ, and there is only one Christ. But we have been grafted in through the blood of Jesus Christ. So now we walk in the same authority that Jesus walked in. And so he laid down his omnipotence. He laid down his omniscience. He laid down his uh, omnipresence, and he took upon him the form of a servant. The form of a servant, that word servant there means that he emptied himself. Amen. He's still God, but he's in a different form. He, he's, he's, you know, it's kind of like the ice. Ice is still water, but it's in a different form. He was God, but he wasn't functioning as God. Right? Just like this, if I could say it, uh, uh, so we can understand it. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a pastor. But right at this moment, I'm not functioning as a father, a husband, a son, or a brother. I am functioning in the place of a pastor. Amen? Jesus was the Son of God, but he, he was God-man. He didn't use his divinity and his divine attributes to accomplish or operate in the earth. He used the spirit-filled uh, authority that the Father had given him in the earth. And so the reason Satan has no authority is because he didn't come in a human form. He didn't come through the door of the human race, through the womb of a woman. And so he has no legal authority in the earth. That's the reason why he had to look for an Adam. He's always looking for somebody because he can't operate legally in his body. Are you with me? And so he's looking for somebody, an Adam, if you will, that he can get their authority and they will relinquish their authority in the earth so that he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish through somebody. Anytime that God ever wants to bless you, he'll use a person to bless you. And anytime the devil wants to try to curse you, he'll use a person. Amen. Come on, somebody. And so the authority uh, in the earth has been delegated. Yes, we know that God is over everything, huh? But we know that he gave us delegated authority to man in the earth. In John 10 and 1, he that uh, heareth not by, or entereth not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbs in some other way is the same as a thief and a robber. Right? And then this verse 10, he describes Satan as a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come in delegated authority that I can give you life and have life more abundantly. Can anybody thank God for that this morning? Amen. 
And so he lets us know here in John, there is someone else you have to be concerned with, but you don't have to be real concerned because he has no legal authority in the earth except for that which has been given over to him or relinquished to him. But he said he's the same as a thief and a robber because he hasn't come through the door of legal authority. Amen. Jesus has legal rights because he was conceived by the Holy Ghost in the virgin womb of Mary. Amen. And he's, he's transferred that power now to his disciples. And Jesus gave his disciples the authority here in the New Testament in Mark chapter 3 in verse 14 and 15. He ordains the 12. He gives them the power to heal the sick, to cast out devils, and to raise the dead. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 1, he calls the 12 together and he gives them power over all devils. Amen. And so his disciples walked in their authority and went about doing good, doing what Jesus done because of the authority that had been given to them. In Mark 16 and 20, and they went forth preaching everywhere and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. In verse 6 and 8, in that same chapter in our text, the disciples uh, went through the town and they were preaching the gospel and the Bible said they was healing people everywhere. Amen. When Herod hears about it, he gets all disturbed <laughs> because they said somebody said to him, it's John. <laughs> he says, hey, I cut John's head off. I, and now he's back and, and he gets disturbed, he gets worried, he gets, he gets frust, you know, flustered about it. And, and somebody else says, no, it's not John, it's Elijah. And, and he's looking around. And, but I want you, what I want you to recognize here is that there used to be focus on one person at a time. But now there has been released to 12. Are you following me? This, this same power, this same authority, this same understanding has been released to 12 till now Herod can't just look at one person and say we need to take, now he's got 12 people that understand their delegated authority in the earth. Amen. It wasn't a resurrected Moses or Elijah. It was a common people like old Simon Peter. Amen. It was an old fisherman that had got filled with the Spirit and understood his delegated authority and started walking in it and started healing the sick. Amen. It was Peter that knew his delegated authority and just started walking in it. In Acts 3, the, the lame man was sitting at the gate called Beautiful and they began to, to pass by and, and, and the people were constantly telling them, said, don't look on me. Don't look on me. But that's not what Peter and John said. Peter and John said, look at us right here. Come on. <laughs> look here. Right? Look on us. Now, some people would think that's arrogant and cocky, but I wish the church would get a little more of it. Because we become way too passive. 
and we've put all the blame on God, but we are here in the earth. We have the authority in the earth. What takes place here is because of the, either the, the authority that we walk in or the lack of authority that we walk in. And so that's the reason why that our government's in a mess. You can, you can call capital all you want to. You can call the White House all you want to. But, but the mess started in God's house. <laughs> it's quiet now. The mess started right here because we don't know who we are and we don't walk, walk in that divine authority. And I didn't say you, I said we. Because we, we've come, we, we, we don't understand who we are and we don't understand the authority that we should be walking in. And as a direct result of the church being weak and anemic and not understanding, we allow all this mess to start rolling in. Right? But there's somewhere along the line that the church has got to understand who we are. That we understand we have the keys to the kingdom. To understand that we have delegated authority to speak as the voice of God in the earth. To declare, thus saith the word of the Lord. Amen. And we begin that by speaking over our own lives. But in the Acts chapter 3, there was, there was that lame man there. And, and Peter and John didn't say, well, don't look at us. We don't have nothing to give you. They said, look here. Look at us. Look on us because silver and gold we don't have. But we've got something you do need. Amen. Now, I've talked about this before, but this ain't the first time Peter and John had passed by his way. This isn't the first time Peter and John had given them something. That's the reason why the beggar perked up when they seen him coming. That's the reason why there was a spirit of expectancy on the inside of this beggar because on the way to the hour of prayer, Peter and John had been a blessing to this man before. They threw a little something in his basket to get him over the next day. And so there was expectation. He was perked up and he said, oh, here come Pete and John and they're going to give me something here today. But what they did not recognize is, is this is the first time they had passed by that way since Pentecost. Pentecost. <laughs> you can't give somebody something you don't have. But now they had something today they didn't have yesterday. Come on, somebody. The last time they went by this way, they didn't have this. But, but now they had been to the upper room. Now they had been endued with power. Now they understood their delegated authority. And they were walking in something now they weren't walking in the last time they passed this way. So with authority and boldness, they said, we know that you're looking for some sandwiches. And we know you're looking for something to get you over the hump till tomorrow so somebody else can put something in your basket but we've got something for you today that's going to change the trajectory of your life you're not going to be a beggar anymore you're not going to be here and you can get up out of here and do something you've never done in your life because of the authority that has been given to us how many people around us today are looking for somebody to stand in authority and declare over their life, you're going to do something today you didn't do yesterday. You're going to do something in your life that stronghold's going to be broken off of you. That torment's going to be removed from your mind. Joy's going to come into your victory. It's going to be your portion. And we know that because we stand in the delegated authority of God. Amen. It's not what Peter did. Peter said, look on us. 
silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we're going to release it into your life. Because God put something in these earthen vessels. Amen. In Acts 9 and verse 32, following it said, And now it came to pass, as Peter went through all the parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints and dwelt in Lydia. And there found a certain man by the name of Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus, the Christ, heals you. Amen. Jesus, the Christ, heals you. Now, I would think that if somebody was sick for eight years, paralyzed for eight years, wouldn't that take a little longer prayer? Father God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, would you not incline unto our Oh, God, please do something here today. He walks in, man's been laying there for eight years, and he says, Jesus, the Christ, heals you. Now get up. Amen. And he arose immediately. That's what your Bible says. And he rose immediately, and he went and dwelt in Lydia and in Sharon and saw him and uh, turn to the Lord. Amen. Now that's what miracles are all about. They're not for the believer, they're for the unbeliever. We get the blessing of it, but the secondary consequence of us being healed, delivered, or set free, or whatever the answer miracle is for our life, is so the others will know that he's the son of God. That others will know that he is the healer and deliverer. And so he goes and, and he, he uh, says, you know, Jesus the Christ heals you. Now Peter shortened it up and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Right? In Acts 9 and verse 36 through 41... I'm going to take my time here and read this. I probably don't need to read it all, but I'm going to. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which uh, is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. And when they had washed her and laid her in the upper room, and since Lydia was in Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there, and they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay, but to come there. And then Peter rose and went with them. And when he, uh, when he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by and weeping and showing their the tunic uh, and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out, knelt down and prayed. And uh, turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. Right? She opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. 
And then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints uh, and widows, he, pre um, he present presented her alive, and it became known through all of Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. Amen. Peter goes in, he finds this situation, they're all weeping and mourning, and, and he needs to change the atmosphere, right? Sometimes in your life, there may look like that people are with you, and they probably are, but sometimes in your life, you just have to put them out. Because what you need is not somebody else to mourn with you, you need somebody that'll change the atmosphere. Because me feeling bad about you feeling bad ain't going to make you feel any better. Amen. But Peter, Peter realized, I've got to change the atmosphere, and I can't change the atmosphere with a bunch of people crying around here, mourning around, weeping around. And so he puts them out, and he operates in delegated authority. He, doesn't, he don't speak a whole lot of words. He says, Tabitha, arise calls her by her name, and then says one word, arise. Amen? How does that happen? Because he's not depending upon what he's saying, he's depending upon the authority in which he says it. Amen? A lot of times we get caught up on we've got to say a lot of this or we've got to sing this much or we've got to preach this long or we've got to say this or we've got to pray this amount of time or people are not going to think we're spiritual or people are not going to think we're doing this, that, and the other. But it's not what we sing. It's not how long we preach. It's not how much we pray. It's the authority in which we do it. And one word. Cause the dead woman to get up in authority, right? Or we could pray long prayers and we can, oh God, shake the heavens and, and we can do all of this stuff and, 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 and I understand some of that and, uh, and all of that, I'm not downplaying that, but what I'm telling you at the end of the day, it's not about how long we pray or how long we do this, it's authority that we understand we are in and we speak to the devil one word, give him up. Yeah. Amen. We speak to the devil and we say that which is binding you can bind you no longer. We say to the enemy of our soul that you will not have our son. You will not have our daughter. We say to the enemy of your, our soul, we will live and not die. And we will declare the word of the Lord in the land of the living. We take it and we speak it with authority. And in that authority, the enemy has to relinquish. Why? Because he has no authority. Amen. He has no authority. You understand authority. Huh? Police officers are authority. Right? They're authority. They can be the shortest little, they can be a five foot. Right? Yeah, old Barney. They can be five foot tall. Suffer from little man syndrome. But put a suit on them. Put a, put a police uniform on them. Put a badge on them. Huh? 
put a whistle in their mouth, and you can be driving an 18-wheeler. You could run over them and make them just a splaw in the middle of the road. Right? But why don't you? Because of their authority. You know the consequences if you go and break that authority. You know the consequences of what's going to happen if you run over authority. Right? And I'm going to tell you today that you may be from the Jones family. You may be from the Matthews family. You may be from wherever your background is. You may have done this, that, and the other. And it may be true what you've done with your life. But now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you are walking in delegated authority. And you have the power. You have the authority. Even though that situation looks like an 18-wheeler coming at you, you have the power to say, it's not going to run up in this house. It's not going to take us out. We're going to stand right here flat-footed, and we're going to declare the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord is true, and it will work and will come to pass. Amen. So where do we fit in? 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creature. That doesn't mean that you're just forgiven of sin. Doesn't mean that you're just poor, weak, struggling, staggering Christian church member. You are new. All things are new. The old earmarks of sin are gone from your life and you're now walking in the newness of life. Glory to God. Colossians says in 1 and 13 that we are delivered from the power of darkness. Satan's dominion has been broken off of our life, right? And, and we have a new master, which is the Lord. We have eternal life according to John 11 and 26. Whoever, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. God goes around handing out eternal life. <laughs> Amen. That's power. I said that's power. Heaven must be something if it's going to take us forever to enjoy. If he's already given you eternal life through his son, wouldn't he also give you authority and dominion, power to live a victorious life here and now? Huh? Come on, think about it. How many think we're going to have trouble in heaven? How many think there's going to be sickness, there's going to be worry, there's going to be frustration, confusion in heaven? Can you imagine that being so? Not me. So why should you expect it here? What's going to be the transformation? What's going to be the difference? You're already a son. You're already a daughter. You're already in delegated authority. What's going to be the difference? Romans 8 and 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up from us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? 
When? <laughs> when? Is that a promise whenever the pie in the sky? If you make it, I'll give you all things. No, it's here. It's now. It's a, be, me being a son, a daughter of God. Come on, somebody. We've been made heirs to all things. Romans 8 and 15 said, we have received the spirit of adoption. Romans 8 and 16 said, the spirit itself beareth witness that you are the children of God. Verse 17 said, if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Right? Jesus said, all power, watch this, in heaven and in earth. Power, authority has been given to the sons and the daughters of God to be walking in delegated authority. All power belongs to us that we should tread upon scorpions and serpents and over all the powers of the enemy that nothing shall by any means harm us. We're God's vessel in the earth carrying his authority as Christ did. <laughs> Now John 15 and 16 said, you, are not, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask in my Father's name, he may give it to you. Right? John 17, he prays for us to remember they're still in the world, right? But we need... We, we are not of this world. In John 17 and 18, he said, as you sent me into the world, even so I send them into the world. He didn't say nothing about a lesser power. He didn't say anything about a lesser authority. He said, God, like you sent me into the earth, I'm going to release them into the earth. Amen. That same power, that same authority, that same understanding. That what Jesus did, we have the authority to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, he said, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of him in every phase of our life. We, we're to show his love. We are to have his compassion. We're to speak his words. We're, we're to show his works in the earth. Amen. We're to show forth the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So where are we at? Where are we at today? Price is dead. Wigglesworth is dead. Kuhlman is dead. Mooney is dead. Finney is dead. Spurgeon and Hagen and, and Shambach, they're all dead. But I'm here. You're here. Come on. We're believers. Signs and wonders are to follow the believer. Not the holy potentate, not the archbishop, the believer. These signs are to follow us. Just the ordinary Peter, just the ordinary John, just, just the ordinary me and you. Glory to God. We are to walk in this delegated authority. So how do we exercise this authority? We exercise this authority through words. Through words. The root word of authority is author. You see that? 
author. What are you authoring? What are you saying? What are you writing? What's in your book? Amen? He writes, excuse me, the author writes words. Your authority is seen in your words. The power of life and death are in your words. Right? The tongue is a tool of expression for out of the abundance of the heart, you're authoring your words. Huh? So what are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your family? What are you saying about our city? What are you saying about our nation? What are you saying about our world? Right? What is that whenever somebody else steals your material? What is it? Plagiarizing. Are you writing your own book or are you plagiarizing? Are you just saying what other people are saying? Huh? Let me, let me tell you something. If you're only saying what other people are saying, nobody will ever remember what you said. But at some time in your life, you've got to start saying what you believe. And when you say what you believe, you can say it with authority, right? Why? Jesus had authority in, in his words. They, they said, never a man spoke like this man. Amen. You remember whenever he went into the temple and he got the book and he began to read the book, he found himself in scripture and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and deliver those that are captive. And the Bible said, and he shut the book and he sat down, and they said, never has anyone ever. We've heard it a lot of times. People have read that, but nobody's ever said it like that. Why? Because he had authority. He understood who he was, right? In Mark 1 and 22, they were astonished at his doctrine and he, uh, he taught them as one who had authority. In Luke 4 and 36, he said, And they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this! For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirit, and it came out. This same Christ lives in you. <laughs> I said, this same Christ lives in you. Galatians 2 and 20, Christ lives in me. He's the hope of glory. Ephesians 3 and 17, Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. Colossians 1 and 27, Christ in you is the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, Jesus Christ is in you. 1 John 4 and 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome the world because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right? This word is in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. 
Christ in his word are in you and it empowers you to turn things around. It empowers you to declare and decree and to speak those things that are not as though they are and begin to frame your world with your words and create a different future than your past. Amen. You're not merely speaking words. You're speaking in his authority. So you speak the words of Christ. In actual translation, so he speaks, we speak of the words of Christ instead of Christ. 1 Peter 4 and 11 said, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. How can you speak with such authority? Because... My father is backing me up. My father's backing me up. You carry the king's word. You declare and he establishes it. When you understand the authority, you can run the devil off. When you understand the authority of God and who you are, you can, you can cause the devil to start running with a begot. You'll get that on the way home. <laughs> Romans, the Roman centurion, he said, I'm in authority and I'm under authority. He said, I can say to one, go, and he goes. And I can say to one, come, and he comes. He said, I, I understand authority. Do you need something to go? You have the authority to tell that thing to go in the name of Jesus. You need something to come, declare it. Kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done in my life as it already is in heaven. Right? Staggers the mind, but when you th speak the truth, the truth will establish the promise of God in your life. We need to understand that we're not we're just here passing by and getting through but we're here to establish the kingdom of heaven in the earth. Amen? Because the devil has no illegal authority here. He was never born of a woman. I've already said this. He's, he's never been a born of a woman. You, you know how to, how to freak the devil out next time he comes to you questioning your authority? Get your birthright out. Get your birth certificate. Amen. What authority do you have here? Get your birth certificate. I've been born of a woman. Glory to God. I have authority. Show me your birth certificate, Mr. Devil. You don't have no authority here in the earth because only men and women, human beings, have authority here in the earth. Amen. Jesus still owns the earth. The earth is the Lord's. But in Revelation 11 and 15, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. And he shall reign over it forever and ever. Satan is still the God of this world with a little g. But he cannot do what he chooses. Amen. He cannot do what he chooses. Why? Because he is not the owner of it. Amen. He's not the owner of this world. He's the little God of this world. That means that he he's just has a lease. Guess what? We're the landlords. And we have the permission and authority to put him out. Amen. 
You got the right, you have the privilege, you have the authority. Dagon fell prostrate in the presence of God. They propped him back up <laughs> and he fell again. And his hands and his feet fell off and he propped him up again. He falls and his head falls off and, and he's a mess because in the presence of God, things that are not godly fall apart. Amen. There's been a transfer. We've been baptized in authority. Amen. And so my question is this morning, why do we keep putting up with it? If we have the authority to do something about it. Stop allowing the enemy to ruin our lives. Stop allowing the enemy to get in our house and get in our mind and get in our families. God wants us to understand we have the keys to the kingdom. We won over 2,000 years ago at Calvary. Amen. The battle is not over the victory. The battle is understand, us understanding we're in victory. And from victory, we declare what the word of the Lord has said unto us. Amen. Say, I have authority. Come on, I want to hear you. Say, I have authority. Amen. Kingdom authority. I just want to stir up your minds by the way of remembrance. I'm sure I haven't said anything you haven't heard before, but every once in a while, we just need to remember. Remember, we are the head and not the tail. We are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. All power has been given to you in heaven and in earth. Amen so that we can walk in this earth victorious. I'm looking forward to heaven, aren't you? I mean, you know, they used to sing a song, I've got more to go to heaven for than I did yesterday. My parents are there, my sister's there, my father-in-law's there, my brother-in-law's there. I've got a lot of cousins and a lot of folks Went to minister's meeting the other day and didn't know 80% of the people there because the ones I preached for are dead. Looking forward to heaven someday. But I ain't going to wait to get to heaven. There's something tells me that God ain't going to put me through all this mess. And that ain't his will for me to go through all this mess. Only to, for me to live fluffy up there. Are you hearing me? But I think Jesus came not so much. Yes, I know when we die to go to heaven. But I think he came so we could vi have victory here and now. So that when we do die to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. But what about now? Are we walking in that delegated authority? There was an awful price paid for it. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it?
Stand with me, please.